Ooh, and welcome to the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the sixth Sunday after Pentecost for the week of July 17th. 2022. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast. And I'm excited because for personally, I'm having to record this a little bit earlier. And it's something I do want to continue to work on. But partially why I'm recording it earlier is I am about to take a group of amazing high school students four of them and do a small mission trip. So I have a very busy week. So I'm having to get this done a little bit earlier in the week, but it's exciting. I'm really excited to see how God is going to work in their lives, what God is going to do as we do this small little mission trip. I'm really excited about that and the potential and I have some amazing kids that I get to work with, and it's really fun to be able to see that and see God through their eyes, see God and how God is working in their day-to-day lives. And I think it's something as people, there's something about the relational part of us being able to hear how God is interacting with each other that is super powerful and being able to hear how God is interacting to different people's lives and being welcomed into that and being able to be part of that, I think is also extremely special. And so for me, I am really excited about that. And it's something that I hope as you're listening to this, it's something that if you could keep us in your prayers and something that if you know who we are, just to be thinking about, I'd really appreciate that. So I'm really excited to see how that works and see how God works this week. So Let's get into last week's question, which was, how much do we ignore when God's knocking? And one of the responses that I got back that I thought was really powerful was someone who is much older than I am, but talking about how, one, he thinks that we definitely miss a lot of these, but talking about in his experience now, having lost his dad over 20 years ago, getting close to 25 years ago, and how he is now starting to continue to hear some of the advice that his father gave him and how there's times where God and maybe his father's advice were wrapped together. And as he continues to walk through life, how sometimes it's a battle of, is this is what I was told and kind of the advice I was given, or is this my own will that's kind of steering me this way? And I think that's one of the things that we wrestle with on a day-to-day basis, right? We are fighting with what is our own ambitions and what are something that's really where God's calling us to be and God going to be working in that situation. So I think it's something to be thinking about, something to be contemplating, but I think it will also tie in a little bit to where we're going this week with the science tie-in. But before we jump into that, we have to look at this week's text. So that starts with Amos chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. This continues that discussion we were having last week. Remember, Amos is coming from the southern tribe of Israel in Judah, coming to the northern tribe of Israel at this point, and again is trying to give all these warnings about what is going on. And remember that one of the main issues that's going on here is that the people of Israel are overlooking the poor. They're kind of putting themselves ahead of them. They're trying to look at things, and in doing that, they've also kind of cast aside God in certain ways. So Amos in this text is again using another vision that he's getting, this time of a fruit basket, and how the people are have been wailing and been looking for God, and then when they get to the point where they are eating the fruit, 
they have completely forgotten God altogether. And in doing this, it's trying to also in ways remember back to, do you not remember when you were enslaved? Do you not remember what it was like beforehand? And that God has been the one that has continued to provide, continued to make sure you were taken care of and continue to lead you through this. But also in that we can't continue to forget and overlook things just because now we are in a position of control. And thus in this place that, okay, you're having some fortune come your way through this king that, yes, is bringing money into the kingdom, but isn't necessarily treating the poor right, is introducing other gods, things of that nature. So this idea of at what cost are you doing this? The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 52, which is, again, realizing how God is in control, realizing how God is the one who is powerful and is the one that can decide when destruction happens, can decide when things happen. And so this is where we continue to put trust in God, not in ourselves. And realizing that in that, that through that trust that we're giving in God, that love in that relationship that we have them with God is formed and thus this loving relationship forms, but it also then means in that that we're continuing to trust and use God's guidance in where we're going. The alternative Old Testament text this week is coming from Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 to 10a. This is an interesting text of now taking Abraham or Abraham and he is in his tent and they're realizing that there are three men coming. So all of a sudden, Abraham is talking to his servants and making sure that they have food to prepare and all this. Sarah, at this point, is again trying to help with this, making sure that everything is prepared for these guests. He goes and gives them this meal and these guests, they ask where Sarah is. He responds with, she's in the tent that's been preparing the meal. They respond with, I will return this time in due season next year and Sarah will be having a son. And again, this is at a point in their lives that Abraham and Sarah are very old, past the childbearing years. You would assume they're in their 80s and 90s. So this idea of having children, if you continue reading on, is kind of, for them, kind of preposterous. But again, it's the reassurance on no, this is something that, no, the Lord does want to do and that the time is now. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 15. And this kind of plays a little bit with that tent idea that we found in Genesis and letting the Lord abide within our tent or abide on our holy hill, coming from verse 1, but this idea of abiding with us and letting Christ in and how then that changes how we walk how we speak the truth, how we use our tongue, how we are approaching people and realizing that it's how we're fearing the Lord with love. And that's changing our interactions with others to be more fair and just and loving and realizing that this is not something necessarily to be taken advantage of, but this idea of then that we're freely giving because Christ has given us life freely. The second reading is from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 28. This continues where we left off from last week. So the beginning of this then is Paul kind of giving a little bit of a poem. Remember, he's kind of been talking about the wisdom that's going to be coming as they continue to walk in the truth in this church of Colossae. 
But in that, he then is talking about the body of Christ and how we are the body of Christ. And thus, the suffering that Paul is going through is not a distraction and he's not wanting it to be a distraction, but instead that he feels that this is then him following the truth that he then is being persecuted against and as recognizing at least in a small way some of the pain that Christ went through. But through this persecution of being able to tell the truth, he realizes that then this is him following the way of what Christ is calling into. And he is not wanting this to be something that boosts his ego. Again, he's reiterating that this is something that is supposed to be about Christ and not about him. He doesn't want this to become a distraction about Paul. He wants this to be something greater about Christ. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So we have Jesus entering a certain village and he decides to go to the house where Martha welcomes Jesus in. She has a sister of Mary and sits at the feet of Jesus and listens to what he is saying. But Martha, and it says in this version in verse 40, is distracted by her many tasks and then asks Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her then to come and help me. And the Lord responds with, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. And this is where we end the text. So this idea of how Jesus then is a little bit calling out Martha and how she is being able to be distracted and her trying to be a good host, but then in doing that is not able to actually spend time with the company that we have in front of you at the current moment. So, before we talk about how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. Oh, working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some perspective, give me some different ideas. Hearing commentaries from different biblical scholars from all over the world throughout multiple years of going through the cycle, it's really, really helpful. Along with their Working Preacher podcast, I really like listening to having three to four seminary professors from Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. I highly recommend checking out workingpreacher.org along with the amazing discussions that go on over there. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I love using them on a week-to-week basis because of, one, how they lay out the text each week. I really enjoy it, and it makes it really easy for me to be looking at as I'm talking to you and giving you this podcast. But the thing that I think really separates it is having the art, not only European art, but art from all over the world, from all throughout time, throughout space, throughout this globe. And it's super insightful to be able to see these different text come alive through artists' eyes and their creativity in different ways. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. These texts can be kind of difficult. And I even look back, and it's something that I don't commonly do until right before I'm sending out this podcast, but I also look back at what did I talk about three years ago, and I talked about time three years ago, which is a whole interesting concept in and of itself. So if you haven't checked out that podcast, I highly recommend checking that out. But this time I'm going to take it a little bit differently. And I think it's because what's hitting me in this text is verses 40 and 41 out of the gospel. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And then Jesus responds when she asks about Mary not caring. 
Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. And I think about that even with me with this podcast. There's a lot of times where I push off this podcast till later in the week and get distracted or I don't want to pick up the work that it's going to take to get into that. And I start thinking about why does this happen? Why do I get to this place where I'm pushing something off that I actually really enjoy doing until the last minute? What is going on that I keep getting distracted? And I think there's a couple things going on here. And I think in learning about these and then coming back to the text, I think it's really insightful. So buckle up, let's jump in and let's talk about this a little bit further. First and foremost, one of the things, and I'll attach again all these links in the show notes down below. I found something that was talking about it and looking at it from the perspective of young minds. I also found a lot of the studies are looking at it from the perspective of college students and specifically looking at like how cell phones and electronic devices have also caused distractions within the classroom and how does that work within professionalism. But let's be honest, most of us are distracted by our supercomputers that we carry in our pockets, most of us. And I think there are also plenty of times that all of us can say we get distracted by things within our lives. And the question at times even becomes why? And when we look into this, we have selective attention. The being able to focus on one thing takes a lot of brain power. And partially because of how our brain is trying to refresh things four times a second makes it so it's easier for us in certain ways to be distracted. We also realize that we are multi-sensual creatures, aka having multiple senses. And in doing that, we can be influenced by smells, by colors, by shapes, by sound, different things around us being able to influence some of these. So one of these things that I found, especially, and this was kind of geared more for younger kids, but I think it's really true. There are three main factors that factor into us having difficulty focusing or allowing us to be distracted. One, the difficulty of the task. The difficulty being harder than we want to work on and we can only work on it in small chunks. And this is something that is kind of looked at that a lot of difficult problems, we can work for 25 minutes or so and then we need a mental reprise to be able to jump back in it again. And it's something I distinctly remember even learning in college, having professors talk to us about, you don't want to study just for six hours straight. You study for an hour and then you take a 15 minute, half hour break. And then you study for an hour because your productivity will go down the longer that you go. The second factor that we have is the type of distractor. It can be a visual distractor, but it can be sights, sounds, smells. How many times have you even been walking through the kitchen and suddenly that you have a smell of something that someone else is making and suddenly, oh my goodness, and you're distracted. You get pulled into whatever that is. And this makes sense that we would be prone to these types of things. The final one, especially when they're dealing with kids, but I think it's even something for us as adults to remember too, is the age of the person. The attention span of a seven-year-old is not the same as the attention span of a 14-year-old. But I think it's also something for us to remember is even as we're adults, our attention span as adults aren't all the same and that we all need those mental reprises, all those times to kind of hit that reset button so it doesn't just glaze over. And it gets into also just thinking about, too, how we're different types of learners and using different types of senses to help us learn. 
also gets into how we might get distracted in different ways. So one of the big things that I'm reading and like I mentioned is talking about how our electronic devices can be a big part of this, that this is something that because the pings, every ping that we get from every app and notification comes right into our phones and how that can take when we're focused on something and suddenly pull our attention away. But they were looking at this and how this also could be a good way for us to realize this is an opportunity for one, working on our self-control and focus, but also realizing that we aren't able to work at 100% and plus we aren't able to work at perfect efficiency all the time, that we need these mental reprises, otherwise our work and stuff suffers. And I'll attach again some summaries and different stories talking about this stuff and why this is so good to actually give ourselves some reprise. But one of the other questions, and it was something that I picked up from a different video this last week, and I'll attach some of the science and thought behind it. This is a little bit more of a thought experiment, was talking about Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law is that work expands as much as time is available for its completion. Think about in the example that he uses in The Economist in 1955 was having like an office manager needing to send a postcard and how if you give it to somebody who's super busy, they probably are able to select the paper, get the note written, get the stamp and get it to the post office all within 20 minutes. But if it's given to the to an office manager and that's the only task that they have all day, they will find a way to be able to stretch that task all the way to basically the end of the day. And partially, this is something that's maybe even a flaw within our DNA that most of us will do, is we take whatever we have and stretch it as long as we need, seeing that maybe it's a lighter workday or lighter week that we don't have as much to do, and so thus we extend the workday or extend it as much as we need it to be to make sure the tasks get done. I think in a lot of ways, when we're looking at then the text of what we've been given, we're not that much different. Jesus is calling out Martha because what is Martha really doing? She's trying to be a great host. And Jesus is in a way stating, you've done enough. But also realizing the aspect of she keeps finding ways that it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. So that she never gets the time to actually sit at Jesus' feet and listen. And how often in our own lives do we find ways to keep saying, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. And so thus we find important things within our own lives or even our own faith lives in certain times or certain parts of our faith life get pushed to the back burner. And we really never get to those places because we constantly keep finding things to put ahead of them. When I'm thinking about this, and in a way, this distraction on how we're able to keep putting things ahead of God and where God is trying to call us, or even getting back to last week, our listening of God, it plays so well with the Amos text, with having that context of how the people of Israel, things are going so well. Why would we change anything? We finally are getting some power. We're finally getting some wealth. And God has done all this. And then the Amos is essentially saying, so when was the last time you really sat down and talked with God? Or is it that things are just going so well, so then you're not talking to God? You're just kind of saying, you know, God, 
Things are going great. Thanks for blessing us. And when God's saying, whoa, hey, yo, you haven't been communicating with me. You've been slowly drifting further and further away from me. And I'm trying to tell you, this isn't where I'm wanting you to be. You're getting distracted by these human things. You're getting distracted by what I'm telling you. Get into the Genesis text. Abraham's the same way with Sarah. Look at how they're serving and preparing. And you get this idea of when these men are coming. And Abraham, again, as we stated when we were even going through this, kind of just laughs this off. We're beyond our life to be able to have children. We're too far gone. We have been so busy with all these other things. We can't have children. That's just not in the cards. And God's stating, no, you've been getting distracted by other things that, yes, they're important, but they're not as important as what I'm telling you to do. I'm trying to work on this relationship and dwell within you. I'm trying to work with you here. And that's where Paul is kind of getting at is there are times then that that means that what may look to be a distraction, Paul is writing this letter to the Colossians in prison. That can look like a distraction. And he's stating that, no, this is where God is wanting me to do. And I'm realizing as I'm in this, that this is more of what God's wanting me to be. But in that, I'm also not doing this purely for Paul's sake. And oh, woe is Paul that I'm getting acknowledged for what I'm doing. It's this idea of, no, I am focused so much on where God is wanting to steer me that this is where I got to. And especially with the culture of what is going on at this time. How often are we getting to that place where we have the conviction of what Paul does, that we understand and know wholeheartedly this is where we're supposed to be. The only way we get to that point is having that type of relationship where we're interacting with God so much that we're getting to that place. How often are we more like Martha in a lot of ways, finding ways to get distracted within our own faith lives in certain ways, and that suddenly we're doing all these things. And it's he's not calling out Martha saying that she's doing bad things. In fact, she could very much be doing a lot of things to help make this a comfortable experience for Jesus. But Jesus is also calling out the opportunity of what she is missing at this moment. And I think it's one of the things within our own lives, how often are we actually, even when opportunities are presented, are asking God, is this the opportunity you want us to do? Or are we brushing aside different opportunities at times because we are, quote unquote, busy? And meanwhile, Mary, seeing the opportunity, and just sits at the feet of Jesus. And I can see the child part of me just saying, I know if I did that as a kid at certain times when company was coming, that my parents would have gotten extremely mad if I just sat there. But there was also a point of the company is there and Mary is wanting to listen and hear and observe and question. And and how often are we actually doing that within our own faith life? Or are we saying that this is something that is important to us, but we keep working on it and don't actually ever sit down to actually interact with it? I think we can all say that these supercomputers that we carry in our pockets are helpful and there's a lot of great things about them. But I think we can also admit that they are designed to distract us. They are designed to suck time. How many different social media apps, that's a major part of their metrics, are designed to make it so that it is addictive, that it is something that you keep coming back to day after day, hour after hour, and trying to get you to hold on just a little bit longer. I was listening to something just recently and how TikTok is the most downloaded social media app in the world in 2022. 
and talking about how even from 2021, the retention time in hours per week that people are on TikTok has increased from 2021 to 2022. And from a business standpoint, that's exactly what it's designed to do. It's designed to get people to interact with it. But on the downside of that is that in that interaction, is it causing us to put other things aside that maybe whereas God is pulling us? I'm not saying that God isn't necessarily in TikTok, but is that where if you are consuming 28 hours a week on average, is that where God is wanting those 28 hours each week is in TikTok or some other social media app? And I know for myself I get caught up into this different stuff too. My wife would definitely confirm there's definitely times where we've even had discussions. Are we interacting enough? Because there's times where we get distracted. I think this is a text to help us, again, continuing in this grow theme that the season after Pentecost is about, but getting us to reflect on, is there things that we have put in front of God? And we look at our world and how it's designed. It's designed to distract us. It's designed to get in the way. It's designed for us to be able to realize that time flew by and nothing was really accomplished. And sometimes there's a a value to that. There's good times where that, that flew by, that interaction, and it was good, needed time. There's other times I think we can all admit we rolled through social media or played something or did something that was just a complete waste of time. And I think it's one of the hard things for our brain to wrap our head around is that our time is a precious resource. It's a non-renewable resource. It's something we don't get back and there's only so much of it. How valuable that is. But that also just reiterates again of it's okay to be distracted at moments, but then let's get back on the horse of getting focused on the right things and realizing that there are things that we love and enjoy where God is there also. A quick example of this was this last week. I had had a long weekend and I had to get up for Sunday morning church anyways. And I decided to get up super early because I had seen an area where I had seen some trumpeter swans with some young. And I really wanted to go out and just try photographing it. And I glanced at the photos. Nothing was fantastic in that morning. Just the angles that I was able to get to, I just wasn't able to get as close as I'd like. And you can only do so much. But it was also the value of getting away from everything. And in a way for me, that's a lot of times where I meet God. It's those moments where I can then just focus on the beauty of the day, focus on the beauty of what was all going on around me, from the beaver tail slaps to the red-winged blackbirds singing, the song sparrows singing, to seeing these trumpeter swans waking up and as the day is beginning and next to no one is up for it yet. There's a value to that. And how do you quantify that? I don't know. And in that moment and in that time, it was a centering time for me to find myself again, to get me prepared for the week ahead, for me to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus and just hear the heartbeat of the creation that's all around me. Do we do that enough? We are designed to do these things, do we? So the question I have for you this week is, is there a way that we can be more constructive with our distraction? Is there a way that we can be more constructive with our distraction? 
realizing that we are going to get distracted. It's in our DNA. There's ways that we are designed to have that reset, to be able to actually be more productive, as we talked about. But also, can we use those moments and and keep those moments just small? Or is it a way that we can use our distraction to be able to help us get something else done? Or are we realizing that something is super difficult and maybe we need to bring in somebody else and not necessarily to distract, but actually to help? Do we need to be realistic and be able to realize that this is as far as I can go on this today and I'm going to set this aside for the day? Spend some time to let my brain come at it again the next day or spend some more time dwelling on it later. I think these are things that especially in the society in which we're in and what we've all gone through over the last two plus years, it's okay to state there's things that we need to be able to do for our own mental health. But it's also on the same token, not taking that so far where we're constantly distracted and finding that balance, finding that way to be able to hear God and maybe even get where God is floating even from our focus and to get God is also in our distraction so that we're not really leaving God's side. I think we'd realize as we are focusing more on Jesus that there is a playful side. And I think God even would recognize that in how he designed us that you need a moment there. I know you need a moment there to let this stuff to digest and, and to work through it. And that's okay. Just come right back. Give yourself a few moments. Just don't get distracted so long with all these tasks that you never come back that you never sit down initially because I want to have this conversation with you. And I know I designed you that way, but I also designed you to be in a relationship, specifically also with me. And we need to remember that relationship part is as valuable as those moments where we need a few moments of distraction. So I'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.